morceau. It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Monday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. Excited to be back in here after a long and hot weekend uh, here in East Tennessee. Uh, A little rain yesterday, but uh, uh, as one of those country songs said one time, rain is a good thing. Uh, I needed some rain uh, to keep things from from it looking kind of Serengeti-ish. Uh, with the crunchy, you know, tumbleweed type things going on. But uh, a lot of good stuff going on this weekend. A lot of cool stories to talk about today. As one, uh, we we talk a little bit about what happened late last week in the Major League Baseball draft. But ultimately, this weekend, there was a funny story that came out about Brett Bielema is suing the Arkansas Foundation as they're trying to cut loose Mr. Uh, Mr. Former Coach to try to free up some money, and he says, Butch Jones is still getting paid. I need to still be getting paid. And uh, that's just a funny funny take on it. 82 days until it's football time in Tennessee, so we'll count it down to the number 82s in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Who's listed as great when it comes to number 82, and who in the NFL wears it well at the current date? We'll talk about all those moments, all those pieces as we kind of go through. But last week, Wednesday, Thursday, the Major League Baseball draft took place in what was a shortened version of the Major League draft. Went down to five rounds. So again, opportunity to get drafted also kind of went down. Five rounds and and, and a lot of uh, uh, prospects coming out of the University of Tennessee that that were going to be on a lot of people's boards. But who was going to come off where and how was it going to come off? But one of the guys you knew was going to make an appearance and probably in the first round and did was uh, left-handed pitcher Garrett Crochet, University of Tennessee, got picked 11th overall by the Chicago White Sox on Wednesday night. Uh, Crochet made only one appearance in Tennessee coronavirus-shortened 2020 season, but he entered this past season as one of the draft's top prospects and remained that way throughout the process. He became the third Tennessee player Selected in the first round of the past six years, joining the Detroit Lions or Detroit Tigers. I don't know why they were the Lions for a minute. Detroit Tigers, Kristen Stewart, and the Cincinnati Reds, Nick Senzel. Uh, the six foot six, two hundred twenty pound native of Ocean Springs, Mississippi, chose the Vols over Texas in Tulane. Out of high school, must have had a thing with schools that start with a T, and he appeared in thirty six games for thirteen starts. His size, stature, and the way through the foot, the baseball improved throughout his time at Tennessee. He threw a normal 84 to 86 mile per hour fastball when he showed up. Two short years later, routinely hit the 100 mile an hour mark uh, with a four seam fastball while also throwing an effective two seam and a wipeout slider that served as his pitch uh, basically, what that was his catalog. His fastball sat in the mid-90s as a sophomore, but began routinely getting in the triple digits. 
uh, this past offseason and had shown promise there in his junior campaign. Shoulder soreness delayed his start to the season, and he only made one appearance, but he allowed two hits, zero runs, and 3.1 innings in a win over Wright State on March the 7th. Six of the ten outs he recorded came via strikeout. Uh, Crochet also displayed unusual toughness uh, late in his sophomore season, just two weeks after suffering a fractured jaw on a line drive in Tennessee's final weekend of the regular season. Crochet returned to the mound and tossed 2.1 shutout innings out of the bullpen to keep the Vols' season alive in the NCAA tournament with a win over UNC Wilmington. Uh, Crochet was still on a liquid diet at that point and had lost 12 pounds, and he still had several stitches and rubber bands in his mouth, but he insisted he wanted to be on the mound. Tennessee's pitching coach, Frank Anderson, who is now who has now had 82 pitchers drafted in his coaching career, said on multiple occasions that Crochet has the best stuff, quote-unquote, of anyone he's coached. As the 11th pick in the first round, Crochet slotted to sign a fat contract entitled to $4.54 million. It's a, it's a hefty <laughs> a hefty contract, but one that uh, obviously he's earned in, in a lot of different ways. The 2020 Major League Baseball draft was highly unusual, uh, basically owe, owing this to the worldwide corona pandemic. Um, and then there's also uh, an impact of teams' ability to scout players. So the draft was shortened from 40 to five rounds. That's a little bit of a cut. And undrafted players can sign for a maximum of just $20,000. College players were given an extra season of eligibility, though, in light of their season ending before most had played a single conference matchup. The draft will continue as uh, as as normal become next year, and uh, there will be a lot of uh, opportunity for those guys that do go back to college uh, to improve said draft stock. But but Garrett Crochet was not the only ball taken in in said draft. Uh, you look at at guys like Zach Daniel and Alaric Solari. Uh, Zach Daniel selected in the fourth round of the major league draft. A third the the third Tennessee baseball player. Uh, to come off the board uh, in the Major League Draft was Zach Daniels. He was selected by the Houston Astros in the fourth round with the 131st overall pick. Daniel was the third Tennessee player selected in the draft. Uh, Garrett Crochet was taken by the White Sox, and we'll talk about Mr. Alaric Solari and his pick by the Minnesota Twins. But you look at a six foot one, 210-pound Daniel uh, out of Stockbridge, Georgia, He's been a high upside prospect from his first season with the Vols in 2018, and then he showed a lot of power and evidence in this year's shortened season. Only as a junior, though, did Daniel start to become an all-around hitter after hitting just a mere 161 as a freshman and 200 as a sophomore. He hit 357 during this past shortened season. Daniel played in all of 17 Tennessee's baseball games starting 16th collecting 13 extra base hits, 18 RBIs. He finished with a slugging percentage of 750 and an on-base percentage of 478, giving him, him an eye-opening on-base uh, on percentage of 1.228. Daniel's defense in the outfield, a problem early in his career, also got quite a bit better in this, in this corona-shortened season. Uh, he didn't make a single error in those 17 games, and it was never known 
whether Daniel would have stayed so sharp at the plate in a full season, but his potential finally turned into consistent production and got the attention of a lot of scouts in the major leagues. Daniels was named the MVP of the Round Rock Classic, which Tennessee won by winning all three games, including a win over then number one Texas Tech and then number 25 Stanford. The Vols beat Houston on the final day to finish an unbeaten weekend. Daniel had some impressive moments in those first two years that led to a strong junior campaign. He came just the 10th player in SEC tournament history to hit a pinch hit home run with his late blast against Auburn. And as the number uh, number 131 pick in this draft, um, you, you know, he slotted to to sign some uh, somewhere north of half a million dollars. So another one of those uh, uh, guys that uh, is expected to to see what he can do, and he's expected to sign with the Astros, end his collegiate career, but he still has that option uh, to come back. It's generally generally been understood that into the fifth round uh, that most teams wanted to make sure they'd sign every player they picked, and that became more important when the draft was shortened from 40 to five rounds. So I, I think you, you saw guys who, if they wanted to get a guy, they got a guy in this in this draft because you couldn't wait it out. You couldn't sit there and say, well, if he's still there in the seventh, if he's still there in the tenth, uh, it's one of those guys, if, 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 he's, if he's on your board and you want him, you better get him because when they go free agency, when they go undrafted, uh, they get to pick. So if you, if you're, as, a, as a franchise, if they were to want someone, they had to pick early and often. But the third uh, ball to come off the board, Alaric Solari, uh, he actually was taken seventh in order, but he was number three in my in my explanation. But he comes off number 59 overall, selected by the Minnesota Twins, was Alaric Solari, one of my favorite players coming into this past season. Uh, Solari was second to come off the board in this year's draft. Left-handed pitcher Garrett Crochet, number one. Alaric Solari, number two. And Daniel, number three. He was selected number 59 by the Minnesota Twins, a native of Houston, Texas. Solari arrived in Knoxville in 2018 from San Jacinto College and exploded onto the scene quickly, establishing himself as one of the best players in college baseball and in one of college baseball's best conferences. Uh, playing mostly left field, Solari led the Vols in batting, 357, a 602 slugging percentage, an on-base percentage of 466, and runs scored that tallied 52. Solari was named a preseason All-American by several outlets headed into this shortened season, but he got off to a slow start in a corona-curtailed campaign. He just started heating up when the season was halted, going two for four with two home runs and four RBIs in the final game, a blowout win over ETSU. The six-foot, 175-pound Solari played center field at San Jacinto before transitioning to left field in his first season with the Vols. He played center field, left field, and second base in 2020, and a move to second base could potentially offset some concerns about Solari's arm strength. Vols coach Tony Vitello has consistently praised Solari's ability and his potential at the professional level. He's told the Knoxville News Sentinel several times uh, that Solari's bat and his versatility in the field would make him a worthy pick early in the draft. He said, Tony Vitello says, whoever takes him 
they're they're betting on the bat and all the attributes he has uh, to prop up is a little bit more than that. Uh, he said, I think the teams that are highest on him see the versatility and they think they have a chance to do it. And as the 59th overall pick in the draft, Solari has a slot value of $1.185 million and expected that he'll sign and end his college career. It's generally been understood uh, that, that you'll see uh, guys in those top fifth round, top five rounds sign and leave. But with this shortened, uh, shortened season, that'll be something that they'll definitely have to think about. But Zach Daniels, uh, Zach Daniels, uh, Alaric Solari, and Garrett Crochet, three Vols that come off the board in what was a, a heavy, heavy draft uh, for the SEC. You look at it, and you're, you're really like, well, how good was how good was the Southeastern Conference? Well, three balls came off the board. We talked about that. But in all, 26, 26 Southeastern Conference players went in a five-round draft. Now, you look at this, and it says, during, during Wednesday night's first round, the SEC set a record with three of the top five picks, and that didn't change much. All total, the 26 SEC players picked in the draft, uh, along with other conference signees, uh, here, here's the way it shook out. You look at the first round, six SEC players drafted. Competitive balance picks right there after the first round, three picks for the Southeastern Conference. Round two, you had five SEC players come off the board. At the competitive balance pick at the end of the second round, another SEC player, LSU Tiger Danny Cabrera, a pitcher, came off the board. Round three had five SEC players, round four had four SEC players, and round five had two as uh, as Auburn and Vandy rounded out the SEC's impact on this year's Major League Baseball draft. But you look at it, it it's, a, it's a lot of the usual suspects, so that's what speaks highly of what Tennessee was able to do in getting a lot of those guys out there. Arkansas uh, had the number two overall pick, and Heston Kerstad, outfielder, went to the Orioles. A&M, Vandy, Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi State were the first-round selections. And then at the tail end of the first, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Auburn picked up the slack. And then round two, A&M, Mississippi State, LSU, Tennessee hit the, the deck again. And then Ole Miss, Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas, and Vandy um, kept cleaning it up in the third round. Missouri gets a pick in the fourth round and really what it rounded out to a ton of the competitive teams in the conference having themselves a draft pick. And I, I just I like what it what it means for for the conference and what it means uh, for Tennessee to be right in that mix. I think Garrett Crochet is a great player and I think he's a player that's well worthy of being a first round pick. But the thing is, you look at the staff, you look at what Tennessee's got coming into twenty twenty one. The opportunity uh, for some of these guys that to come back and, and to have some success uh, that that would elevate said draft stock. I mean, I think you're losing a lot with Alaric Solari. You're losing a lot with Daniels leaving. But at the same rate, uh, those are two opportunities for some young young players with a lot of power. Because again, Tony Vitello not only coaches at a very high level, but he recruits at an extremely high level. I'm excited to see uh, what he has in store for him. But 26 overall players go in the MLB draft in a uh, Corona shortened. Draft goes from 40 rounds to five. That's a little bit. Uh, that's a little bit more than a cut, 
And uh, three of those 26 players come right out of Knoxville. Garrett Crochet, pitcher, left-handed pitcher, went 11. Uh, next off the board was Alaric Solari at 59. Uh, went to the Twins, an outfielder. And then number number 131 overall, Zach Daniels, outfielder, went to the Astros. So, again, he was probably looking at it going, not Astros, not, 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 not Astros, not Astros. Yeah, well, here we go. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he, he uh, hopefully will not be banging on a trash can, but nonetheless, he will be a major league ball player. But let's take us a break, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about maybe uh, Brett Bielema beating on a trash can as he wants his money, and he says because Butch Jones is getting his. And we'll talk about what that looks like and why the big guy is suing the Arkansas Foundation after the break. We'll talk about it on this Monday edition. You're listening, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m., and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At Rural King, we believe that fishing is about more than catching fish. Fishing is about new sights and experiences with friends and family. All you need to get hooked is some reliable, easy-to-use fishing gear from Zebco. And this week's Rudy Special is a six-foot rod and reel combo, normally $29.99, now just $14.99. You say 15 bucks. Nobody beats this price on a Zebco fishing rod and reel. But hurry, supplies are limited at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly 
from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com, 970-7132. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. As we said before the break, uh, Butch is getting paid, I need to get paid, is the is the cry of Arkansas, former Arkansas head football coach Brett Bielema, as he's suing the Razorback Foundation over what is a, a breach in his buyout agreement. That's what his, his group is saying. Former Arkansas coach Brett Bielema suing the University Athletic Foundation for allegedly breaching his buyout agreement after his firing in 2017. Again, this is an article from Mark Schlebaugh. ESPN senior writer. It said in a lawsuit filed against the Razorback Foundation in federal court on in Arkansas on Friday, Bielema's attorneys indicate he was seeking just over $7 million. Bielema, now an assistant with the New York Giants, was fired after compiling a 29-34 and record, 11-29 and in the Southeastern Conference in just five short seasons with the Razorbacks. The Razorback Foundation agreed to an $11.935 million buyout in January of 2018 and was scheduled to pay Bielema $320,000 per month until December 31st or until he found a new job that paid him comparably. The buyout included a clause that required him to seek employment. According to Bielema's lawsuit, the Razorback Foundation sent him a demand letter on January 31st, 2019, accusing him of being well aware of his material breaches and that he had made no effort, diligent or otherwise, to obtain replacement employment of the same or similar character. The Razorback Foundation demanded that Bielema return more than $4.2 million in his already paid him uh, funds in monthly buyout payments. Uh, it said, to the extent you did obtain employment, you did so only to maximize your personal income to de- detriment of the foundation and at the same time contractually bound yourself to avoid your obligation to the foundation, the demand letter said, according to the lawsuit. 
50-year-old Bielema worked as a volunteer coach for the New England Patriots in 2018 and was the team's defensive line coach in 2019. The Giants hired him as their outside linebackers coach and senior assistant in January. The foundation demand letter accused Bielema of manipulating his employment contract with the Patriots to bring his salary just under the applicable exemption of $150,000. According to the lawsuit, Bielema reached an agreement with the Patriots in early 2018 to assist in, in assist its coaching staff in assessing NFL draft prospects and was paid 25k for about seven weeks of work. In July 2018, Bielema agreed to become a special assistant to Patriots coach Bill Belichick and was paid $100,000. He was promoted to an on-field position the next season and earned 250 thousand dollars and in january the giants paid him four hundred thousand to lure him away from new england according to the lawsuit Uh, marshall nye an attorney for the razorback foundation said in a statement that it appears that bielema filed suit in order to avoid being sued over a 4.55 million dollar lawsuit paid to him bielema who guided wisconsin to three straight rose bowls during his seven seasons was reportedly a candidate for head coaching positions at Colorado and Michigan State after last season's finale. Uh, Bielema's attorney, Tom Mars, didn't immediately, immediately respond but did uh, uh, agree to some comments. The Razorback owe more than $10 million to former coach Chad Morris, who was fired in November for four years of service and loss. Now, Morris had a 4-18 record in nearly two seasons at Arkansas, including an 0-14 mark against SEC foes. Um, Here's the thing. Uh, In the report, it's funny because I kind of look at it from two sides of the coin. So I'm I'm on the Tennessee side of things. So I'm like, if they don't have to pay Brett, we need to stop paying Butch. But it's funny because I said that before I saw the next article that I'm going to tell you about, a Matthew Ray article uh, that's from SI. And it says, while Butch Jones and Tennessee parted ways, very similar uh, timing to Brett Bielema, uh, there's very much a, a, uh, a use of each other's contracts to speak uh, about why he should get what he gets. A former SEC coach of, of Jones, Brett Bielema, using Butch Jones's contract and salary as an arguing point in his lawsuit against Arkansas to attempt uh, to, to regain uh, some of that money. Yahoo Sports' Pete Thamel uh, posted a photo on Twitter, uh, and Jones and Tennessee are both mentioned in legal document. <laughs> it reads, Despite all the striking similarities between these two fired coaches, uh, they are equally different as well. First, when Coach Bielema started working for the Patriots in 2018 at roughly the same time, as Coach Jones became a, and I quote, intern analyst at Alabama, Coach Bielema's annual earnings were more than three times the amount Coach Jones was paid. In 2019, Bielema's earnings were more than seven times that of Coach Jones at Alabama. This year, Coach Bielema will earn more than 11 times that of Coach Jones. He said, that said, the most striking difference between Coach Jones and Bielema's experience is, while Coach Jones continues to make a small fraction Uh, While having the same obligation to seek other employment, Tennessee hasn't manufactured a baseless claim as a pretext to stop paying Coach Jones and recoup all of his buyout payment. As a fan, I'm like, are we not trying hard enough? Like, is there something I got to do to come up with a reason why we can stop paying him? 
believe me, I, I, I'll, I'm, I'm interested. I'm willing. Here's what I think that's funny. It, like that is that that is like ninth grade as as much as it gets. Like, but but Butch is doing it, uh, and and he's right. Bielema reported a salary for last year was fifty thousand dollars. Reported salary for last year was fifty k. So Jones would be making roughly seven k a year at Alabama while receiving his buyout payments from Tennessee. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out for Bielema and if it will push Jones. Uh, to see if um, he needs to get some comparable employment to hurry up this situation. Because I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek in this thing. I think it's funny at this point. Honestly, you you know, I – I think Tennessee needs to recoup some of that money. I think I think he needs to get a, a bigger job. I mean, all pun all puns intended. Um, there's been a lot of people carry coffee for Nick Saban uh, that's had a, had an impressive record. You know the difference? A couple years and they move on. Butch Jones is kind of hanging in there, uh, just sticking it out. Had an opportunity, I think, to go to Maryland uh, with uh, uh, that former offensive coordinator that went and got the 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 job up at Maryland. I, I think he's had an opportunity, you know, with a couple places, Oregon State, right after he got fired. Um, I think Colorado was interested this past year, but of course he he oversold himself. Shocker there. Uh, I think Rutgers was interested, but again, I think I think Butch is expecting too much uh, after being a fired coach. I think he needs to understand where he sits. But again, when you have that uh, when you have the fallback of a of a pretty fat buyout check coming your way I don't think you you really have to undersell yourself at all so I think it's really um I don't know what this says about Arkansas I don't know if they're creative you know in, in my mind I'm sitting here going because he, here's the thing contractually obligated verbiage is a thing verbiage is is huge in these in these delegations and and honestly I've always said I'm like what is what is actively seeking other employment you know, to me, Brett Bielema is very much right on the same lines with Butch Jones. So if, if that is the the matter that that is to be had, like if that's the the if if Butch Jones is the example of of seeking other employment, then Bielema needs to get paid. I mean, that's just point blank, clear and cut. But but put my orange glasses on for a minute. If Bielema gets if if Bielema does not get paid. Let's just say something like this upholds, and 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 this shakes out that no 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 being a being an analyst or being a you know a helper to 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 whatever his name is Bill Belichick up there. I'm like I'm like sweater hoodie hoodie ugly hair. Okay, Bill Belichick being a special assistant to him, helping him get his his hoodie on every day, or or, or go talk to the media. Um, if that's not applicable employment, then Tennessee would look good, bad, or indifferent. They need to talk about this Butch Jones deal. Um, I think you look at it, we're going in. You, we give him 18, 19. If we finish out this year, because you won't be able to really get out of it, we could cut two years off this deal. Two years off this deal at a, a very probably comparable uh, scale of 300 k a month. You know what that would get? I mean, a couple months you got a practice field. Couple months you've got, you know, this new facility. And and heck, if you give a whole year of that, you got that south end zone in Neyland Stadium done. So I think there's very good use of uh 
of time and resources should Brett Bielema's case uh, work out in favor of Arkansas. But I, you know, honestly, I, I think it's all it, it's all a matter of how you write these contracts on the front end, and it's all about how the verbiage is understood. So I, I don't know how this is going to shake out, but I will tell you, if Brett <laughs> to stay in the uh, the ninth grade. Uh, the bathroom gossip of the of the Southeastern Conference. Uh, if Butch, if Brett Bielema don't get paid, Butch needs to stop getting paid. That's just my take on it. But I love uh, that Brett spared no expense in bringing up uh, Mr. Jones is uh, contract, and I love how they put analyst slash intern in quotation marks in the in the suit. That just that tells me everything I need to know. That's that's the funniest thing. But uh, nonetheless, Alabama uh, is is still paying Butch Jones to carry the coffee. A cheap, uh, I, I think he's right around minimum wage now. I think he might have got a cost of living raise uh, this year in spite of COVID. I think that's really good for for Alabama to be able to do that. But nonetheless, uh, Butch Jones stays carrying the water, and Brett Bielema is trying to say if Butch can. I can, and that's that's the funny side of sports. But, hey, let's take us a break listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we'll stay with former Vols, maybe one of the most underused stars Butch Jones ever had. Alvin Kamara makes his way to Homestead Miami Speedway in what is a supporting role for Bubba Wallace. We'll talk about that on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Wayne, and let me start by saying thanks for listening, and I hope you like what we're grinding on today and what we like to call the fastest hour here in Blunt County. But we wanted to take a minute to let you know how you can join in, give your take on today's topics. You can give us a call, Grind Time Hotline, 865-983-4310. That's 865-983-4310. But if you don't have time or you're on that morning grind, give us a message on our website, thegrindonsports.com. You can drop a comment, leave a message, and we'll get your opinion on the air. I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, thanks for putting the grind on your mind. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. 
Carm Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. Carm Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation review and assurance services. It's Whitlock and Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock and Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of the grind. As we as we move on in, we'll head back to Homestead Miami Speedway where Alvin Kamara. I know you're like, what's that got to do with NASCAR? Alvin Kamara yesterday attended the the Homestead Miami Speedway race in support of fellow Vol football fan Bubba Wallace. Alvin Kamara attends the race for his first attendance of a NASCAR event to support his his uh, his 
fellow Tennessee fan and his uh, his friend Bubba Wallace. And it said New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara became one of NASCAR's newest fans over the weekend after the organization uh, has banned the use of the Confederate flag from its racetracks. Kamara saw his first race as he as he was invited as one of NASCAR's guests by Bubba Wallace to the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, he, he tweeted last week his support for Bubba Wallace and his Black Lives Matter paint scheme uh, in saying, I love y'all at NASCAR as he shows a picture of his TV with Bubba Wallace's car on it in pause. Uh, and then very much a few days later, uh, it says, see y'all tomorrow, NASCAR, at Bubba Wallace, what's up? And it was a whole deal of Bubba Wallace gear, Bubba Wallace hats, Bubba Wallace everything. Uh, you can just see that he was going to be well-versed in, uh, in whatever uh, he needed uh, to get at the track, get, get on, the, on board with it. Kamara, who trains in Miami in the offseason, was decked out in gear supporting Wallace uh, in Sunday's affair, which uh, he got a full dose of it because he got the rain uh, delays, he got the, uh, the whole track, he got the, the whole scheme of, of the deal. Um, when he came to the track, he said – uh, you know, he said, I support Bubba because what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And he said, I think Bubba's a, a testament to that. Uh, it's what Kamara told ESPN's Marty Smith um, in a Zoom call that he had from the track. Kamara grew up outside of Atlanta, said he didn't realize how deeply rooted uh, NASCAR was in the South and, and around NASCAR events. He said, I learned a little bit about the history this week. And uh, he said, I spent some time talking to NASCAR president Steve Phelps. Uh, with, with them being able to, I guess, step away from that uh, as far as use of the flag is concerned, he said, and flipping the script, just rewriting the narrative on what the sport is and what it stands for, he said that's obviously uh, a step in the right direction. Kamara, a, a football player who played his college, some of his college days at Tennessee, uh, said he's familiar with Bubba Wallace because he is a volunteer fan uh, who visited the school while Kamara was in college. Uh, Wallace's mother was a track athlete at Tennessee, but Kamara admitted that his experience with NASCAR was limited to occasionally flipping on a race, not understand what was going on, and turning it off. But he said, being here today, I'm learning a lot. He said, it's definitely a different experience in person. He said, obviously, uh, where the the corona protocol is involved, he said, I'm not getting the full experience with the fans. He said, but I'm enjoying it. He said, I can't imagine if there was 160,000 people here. Kamara, whose mother is from Liberia, has always been an advocate uh, for injustice, and that has just clicked up in wake of, of the riots and things over the last couple couple weeks, close to a month. Uh, it says Kamara also acknowledges uh, that he was disappointed and hurt two weeks ago when, when teammate Drew Brees made his comments, uh, but he said you know, he, he's going to work with with Breeze and and continue uh, to to talk about that. He said it's a touchy subject when he told talked to Marty Smith yesterday. Uh, he said, but now uh, where, where the world is shifting in climate of social injustice, uh, you know, the, he said I think people are taking the time to understand what the meaning of kneeling uh, during that time is, and then move move on from there. I think there's a lot of different takes you can have uh, on the on that situation, on kneeling and and what have you. And and quite frankly, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. But uh, I understand that there's, uh, you know, people have their own uh, peaceful protest opportunities and ideas, 
and uh, and again, part of that, uh, you know, that right uh, is is just that. So I think you, you gotta you gotta tread lightly in those cases. But Alvin Kamara come to the racetrack yesterday to support Bubba Wallace, and Bubba didn't disappoint. I mean, I think yesterday he he had a good race car, uh, was in the top ten most of the day, and just uh, at the tail end of the race, kind of got shuffled out with some some late uh, stops that didn't didn't necessarily help that forty three car. Uh, but nonetheless, Alvin Kamara in in tow and in in studio for for that opportunity. But uh, we'll see we'll see how how much Alvin stays in with it once the the NFL season gets underway. But I think NASCAR that shows that they're a, they're a place where people are are checking in because there's not a ton of sports to check out. So I think NASCAR is getting the benefit of that, and I think Bubba Wallace has uh, tapped in a little bit to the rest of the sports world in his in his pursuit of equality and his pursuit of, of, of making change uh, for the better in sports. So let's take our last break of the day, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, 82 days till it's football time in Tennessee, we'll talk about who wore it best, who wore it for the Vols, and ultimately who got to the Hall of Fame wearing number 82 we'll talk about it on the flip you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 8:50 a.m we'll be right back your hometown alternative to ordinary sports radio 100.9 fm 8:50 a.m rocky top sports Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. This is the year to rock your swimming pool with Rule King, your source for pool supplies at the lowest prices every day. Aquamate Pool Shock is great for giving your pool a quick chlorine boost to help balance your pool chemistry, and it's just $2.59 for a one-pound bag. Once balanced, maintain the chlorine with Aquamate 3-inch giant pool tablets. Pick up 24 and a half pounds for just $57.99. Check out all the pool supplies at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. 82 days until it's football time in Tennessee, and, and 82 days until Tennessee locks it up with the Charlotte 49ers. Excited about the, the season, hoping that it gets off to a good start because we're counting it down as if it will. Uh, 82 days, we talk about who wears the number 82 for the Vols, and Ken DeLong is one that, that you remember for Tennessee when you hear that number. The only Vol All-SEC selection to wear the number 82, Ken DeLong, is part of the UT famous legacy DeLongs, as Ken was the brother of Steve and uncle of Keith. Steve and Keith uh, are are All-American uh, linebackers um, that, that were father and son who combined for the Vols' only father-son All-American combination. Uh, Ken was first-team UPI All-SEC pick in 68 and 69. Ken was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in 70. He's the co-holder of the Vols' record for touchdown catches by a tight end with Austin Denny, and Ken led the Vols in catches in 1968 with 34 for 393 yards. The Norfolk, Virginia native had 76 catches in his career, 844 yards. Ken caught the game-tying two-point conversion from Bubba Weich in 1968's Georgia game where the Vols tied the Dogs 17-all. The season opener was the first ever game played on Tartan Turf at Neyland Stadium, and uh, and it was a memorable one for Ken DeLong. Number 82, Bobby Overholt wore number 82 for the Vols in 57 and 58. He was a left end, and he said, I wore 82 because I was proud to be a UT Vol no special story of number 82, only proud to wear that big orange jersey. So uh, a big, big uh, kudos to Bobby Overholt. He just wanted to be on the team. Uh, I think he he uh, he likens my, uh, my reverence. But all-time 82 for the Vols. 46 was the first time it hit the turf. Al Roussis uh, wore it at 46, 47, 48. Grady Gentry in 1950. Oka Williams in 1951. Bill Taylor. 1952, Bruce Burnham. Uh, 1953, Ed Cantrell, 54-55 and 6. Bobby Overholt in 57 and 8. Charles Severance in 59. Ken Breeding in 60-61. Al Tanara, 62-3 uh, and 4. Clifton Stewart in 1966. Ken DeLong, again, 67 through 69. Ken Lambert, 
71 and 2. Mitchell Gravitt, 73 and 4. Charles Anderson, 75 and 6. Sam Prater, 1978. Robert Jones, 79. Calvin Dickerson in 81 and 82. The number 82 in year 82. Daryl Smith wore it in 83. Charles Kimbrough, 85 through 87. Marcus Evans, 1989. Charles Longmire in 90. David Horn, 92 through 95. Eric Diogu in 97 and 8. Marcus Carr, 99. Ryan Boswell, 01 and 03. Bill Grimes, 04 through 06. Ahmad Page, 2008. Corey Eckholtz, 2011. And Justin Meredith in 2012. Uh, the latest to wear it is Ethan Wolf, uh, another one of the Wolf brothers uh, to check out, check in and check out of the University of Tennessee. He wore number 82 and had some nice catches at the tight end position as well. If you look at who wears number 82 right now, it's a legacy player, Jackson Lowe. He's a tight end, 6'4", 245, redshirt freshman from Cartersville, Georgia. And he's a guy who uh, hopes to make a big impact at that tight end spot for the Vols. I think he has a a high ceiling. I had an opportunity to redshirt a year ago, but did show signs that he was growing into the position. If you look at uh, who are Hall of Famers that wore the number 82, you look no further than uh, Johnny Unitas' favorite target, Mr. Raymond Berry. He's listed as an end, Raymond Berry. Uh, it said, luck is something which happens when preparation meets opportunity. One play may make the difference in winning or losing a game. He said, I've got to be prepared to make my own luck instead of waiting on it. Uh, Raymond Berry's career looked like 13 seasons out of Southern Methodist University. A 6'2", 187-pound Raymond Emmett Berry uh, formed an exceptional pass-catch team with Johnny Unitas, caught then-record 631 passes for 9,275 yards and 68 touchdowns. He was an all-NFL selection in 58, 59, and 60, elected to six different Pro Bowls, and set the NFL title game mark with 12 catches for 178 yards in the 1958 overtime game for the Colts. Uh, He was the Colts' 20th-round future choice in 1954, and he was uh, a Corpus Christi, Texas native, born 1933. Uh, He's one that that Peyton Manning went to and talked to in his Peyton's Place uh, little little segment, and they talk about uh, how they they perfected the -the over-the-shoulder catch uh, with Johnny Unitas. It's it's worth a watch because it's not – there wasn't – they didn't go to, like, the wind tunnel or anything like that. They just uh, they just worked hard where they were. Uh, you know, some more some more eighty twos that, uh, that that got in the mix. Ozzie Newsom, the Wizard of Oz. Ozzie Newsom tied in, said, "I don't like dropping anything. I haven't played this game as long as I have, as well as I have by dropping footballs." He said, "I guess I'm a perfectionist." Uh, another one of those guys you'd love to have out of Alabama, six two, two hundred thirty two pounds. Ozzie Newsom Jr was the Browns' first-round draft pick in 1978. Again, nicknamed the Wizard of Oz, became an instant leader in the locker room for the Browns, retired as all-time leading tight end receiver, uh, fourth among all receiving all receivers. His career stats were 662 receptions, 7,980 yards, and 47 touchdowns, and recorded uh, career-best 89 catches in 1983. He repeated the feat in 1984, caught a pass in 150 games consecutive, and he was All-Pro in 79 and 84 
and named a three different Pro Bowls. A Muscle Shoals Alabama native went to the University of and played 13 seasons in the NFL. Uh, again, an all, all-time Hall of Famer, Ozzie Newsom, uh, goes in as number 82. If you look at 82 on down, Stallworth is another name that comes to mind. You look at uh, John Stallworth, wide receiver for the Steelers. Uh, I know I know Jeffy Mack's going to hear that and know that. He said, I know I'm the primary receiver on every, on every route. Even if the quarterback looks elsewhere first, I know I'll be open and he can come back to me. Just a, a guy that wanted the football and, uh, and, and usually got it in his 14 seasons. A player out of Alabama A&M, 6'2", 191-pound Johnny Lee Stallworth was the Steelers' fourth-round pick in 1974. He played in six AFC Championship games, four Super Bowls, scored winning touchdowns on 73-yard reception in Super Bowl fourteen. And career statistics look like this, 537 receptions, 8,723 yards, 63 touchdowns. He was All-Pro in 1979, All-AFC in 79 and 84, and played in four Pro Bowl games. Two-time Steelers MVP from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, You talk about John Stallworth, a Steeler uh, in a time where being a Steeler uh, was was a huge thing in those days. And all obviously uh, had some good good success in those 14 seasons. Uh, but the the year 1982 in sports also had a lot of uh, a lot of interesting champions go on. As we as we've got about three minutes till the top of the hour, the San Francisco 49ers were your NFL champs with a 26 to 21 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Clemson Tigers won the the NCAA football championship with a 22 to 15 victory over the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and the first regular season strike by NFL players ended on November the 16th after 57 days. So, uh, again, the Niners won a impacted season but won it nonetheless. The World Cup it was in Spain, and Italy beat West Germany 3-1 to for their third title at that point. Uh, you look at... Uh, other things, baseball, uh, Cal Ripken Jr. of the Baltimore Orioles played the first of what would become a record-breaking 2,632 consecutive games. So May 30th, 1982 was the start of what was a long Ironman career for Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, Pete Rose set record for 13,941 plate appearances. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals won 4-3 to over the Milwaukee Brewers to come – claimed their first World Series championship since 1967. The series MVP was Cardinals catcher Daryl Porter. Uh, The Salem Angels won the Northwest League championship. Uh, North Carolina won the Division I basketball championship for the men, 63-62 over Georgetown. And Louisiana Tech won their their national championship in the ladies, 76-62 over Cheney State. The NBA Finals, the L.A. Lakers won four games to two over the 76ers, and uh, the FIBA World Championship, the USSR, took down the uh, the championship. So uh, that's what 82 looks like. The year 1982, the MVPs and Hall of Famers that wore 82, and the former Vols that struck it up in 82. So we'll talk it all tomorrow, 81, but that's all the time we've got for today. If you're on your way to work, or on your way home. Don't miss the top of the hour, Jason Swain and the Swain event in what is a block of sports right here on Rocky Top Sports. 
WKBL. But like I say every day, if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.